and welcome back to the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host. Today I'm chatting to Tristan farron Matt. This is part two of our chat. Uh, I'd recommend that if you haven't yet listened to part one, that you, you do that before you, you come back here and listen to part two. This week, Tristan talks about his experiences with Davis Cup, his thesis on tennis, the changes that still need to be made uh, to the professional tennis structure, um, Tristan's current job and how tennis has helped him in that role, and more. I think this is another really fascinating episode. I think there's a, a lot to take from it once again. So I hope you enjoy. And here we go. Here is Tristan. Um, I, I just wanted to go on a little bit to to look at your your Davis Cup, uh, your your kind of your, your your ties playing playing Davis Cup, a little bit. So how old were you for that uh, that first time you got to call up? Yeah, I was, uh, so I would have been uh, 18. So I was 18 uh, uh, when I got the call up. Um, I'd, I'd actually played off the year before. I made a playoffs for the, for the fifth man spot in Ukraine. And I'd lost in the final that to Dara McLaughlin, who was, who was okay. I think, 17 at the time, 7 5 in the third. Um, and I, but it was such a, it was, he deserved it, you know, so much at the time. He was a great player, um, a really enjoyable experience. And I remember then getting the call up in 2005 and just being delighted to. To have that, you know, I had that option. I'd been offered um, actually to, to play for Switzerland at the time, but and you know, the coach there had you know had obviously a pretty good eye because he said uh, he said well, you know we'd like because my mother was Swiss, uh, her, her father was Swiss anyway. I grew up in, in Ireland, but um, she had a Swiss passport. We we, were, we all had that dual nationality, and uh, uh, th- I, I trained with them a little bit um, for a couple of months. Uh, just then, in 2005, one of my doubles partners was a Swiss guy called Alex Sadeki. We had a lot of success in the juniors, uh, winning a number of, kind of great ones, and uh, and they um, they offered me this uh, this opportunity to play with Swiss, but they said uh, we'll, you know we'll find you for two years, uh, we'll give you wild cards and, and support you, um, you know, on the tour, but uh, you're only allowed to play doubles. <laughs> so they kind of knew, uh, I think, at that point. Um, which is uh, unfortunate, but um, I chose not to, and then I got a call up almost immediately after that to, to play Davis Cup for Ireland, uh, which partly could have been driven by by, by the fact that I, I could have played played for Switzerland because there was you know, obviously other deserving players at the time as well, um, and uh, and I, I played that tie in in Finland um, under Owen Casey. I've been part of the team actually uh, uh, previously as well, so the year, year previously as as a, as a sub with, um, uh, in Dublin, uh, but. Uh, uh, obviously, being being part of the the, the four man squad rather than the, the kind of the five and six man squads, uh, it was very different. Um, Travelled out to, to Finland with the Sorensen brothers and, and David O'Connell, um, and uh, Owen Casey, obviously captain that. Uh, unfortunately, my, my my rackets, my bag got lost on the way out, so I had no rackets to train with for the couple of days beforehand. Uh, and I played with these 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 babalots uh, lent to me by um, by uh, Luke Sorensen, and. Uh, Got my racks the day before the the, the, so the day of the singles matches, uh, which was obviously were quite tough. But uh, uh, we, we were tied the one all because um, so Luke, uh, sorry, actually sorry, we've got it wrong. You know, I think won the dead rubber, but uh, you know, I think we were two 0 down. But they've been, been quite tight. Um, and uh, I got the call up the night for in case he came and told, you know, knocked on the door and said that you know, okay, you're you're in for, for doubles tomorrow. Are you ready? And absolutely delighted. Uh, you know, something I think you dream of. As a kid, any kind of kid growing up, and you know, especially in Ireland, I think Davis Cup's always been a, a big thing. Um, it's always been a you know real honour to kind of you know, play for Ireland and represent your country. Um, and, uh, and then to obviously get that you know that the call up to, to play the fixture, uh, and that was against Yarko Nieminen, who was 
think 11 or 12 in the world at the time in singles and uh, a guy called Thomas Catola who was a, a top uh, 30 or 40 doubles player at the time so it was, it was always going to be a tough fixture but uh, obviously you know, excited um, and it was myself and uh, Kevin Sorensen and uh, I, 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 I be honest I let the pressure get to me a little bit <laughs> yeah. uh, we stepped out on court I don't know if, if if, uh, I think if, if I was in Dublin, people might remember because of, of, of how horrific some, some of it went. But uh, I, uh, I, I found myself in a, in a position where I, I, re, I, you know, I really struggled um, serving-wise. It's something that had been a, an integral part of my game. Uh, it was my first serve and, and my second serve at the time, and I really struggled with it. I was kind of throwing in two or three double faults a game, um, and it, it just made it, you know, against those guys, they were, you know, they were, they were lapping it up. So we were always, you know, put pressure on Kevin to hold his serve. Um, you know, pressure on us return guys. We played well otherwise, but you know, I thought. Mm. Um, but I think we're very lucky to, to, to even. You know, I think it was one, three, and two. It, was, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't close by any means. Um, but I think on the basis of, of, of how difficult a double, you know, a doubles match against guys of that caliber can be without it. You know, with, with one partner who's, who's struggling on serve. Um, you know, I think otherwise we played well. We, we, we made it. Uh, you know, battle out of it. You know, in the points. Um, but uh, we were never in the chance. You know, with. with with things going kind of going that way, um, so I, it, was, it was something that actually stuck with me a little bit because uh, you know played in front of quite, quite a bit of audience, first Davis Cup fixture, and um, and something that had never gone wrong for me previously, you know, which my serve had gone wrong and shook me up for, for you know for the year. Um, to be honest, you know, I had to do a lot of work on that to get 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 that back uh, mentally. Um, but I had, uh, you know, I have uh, you know after that, you know, I, I had about a year and a half where it was, it was quite challenging and. But when I was starting to get results again in 2008, 2009, I did get uh, I did get a couple of call-ups. Um, you know, I think two or three call-ups. Uh, so one of them being the Ukraine tie and and others. But I was I was I was to be honest, I was quite uh, disappointed with, with tennis Ireland at the time. I'd obviously had that that difficult transition with my national ranking. Yeah. Um, I had yeah. you know I had um, my funding cut after I was injured for six months. Uh, so uh, Des Allen was the CEO at the time. Um, refused to put me forward for the development grant funding and obviously funding myself most of the time. Um, at that point, my, my parents were kind of only funding my coaching and I was responsible for funding tournament travel. Um, and I, I, I turned around and I, I said no. Um, so I, I, I said no on the basis that I felt I was standing up for something and that I wasn't going to play uh, you know, you know, you know, under, under that kind of system and setup. Um, and uh, it wasn't that, you know, I wasn't, necessity uh, by any means because we had such a strong group of players at the time I was coming in at the kind of either doubles or, or, or fourth man um, and so it was easy for them to, to, to kind of look over but they did they did keep asking a number of times um, and then in 2009 I think when I when I finally kind of got over it and I saw things changing and then obviously Gary Cal was doing a great job and we had such a great group of players you know really wanted to be part of it uh, obviously had the injury and, and, and didn't get a chance to play again so I, I you know I obviously really disappointed that I only ever got the you know, the one playing cup, uh, I think it was probably yeah. three teams more, but because uh, it is, it is an area that, that you know, that I've, you know, something that I, you know, I always felt that I worked very hard for, and um, you know, if I'd known my career was only going to be three years, I probably, you know, I might have, I might have taken a, a different approach, perhaps a more mature approach, and just, you know, just focus on what was right for me um, at the time. And I think playing Davis Cup would have been, would have been right for me because you know that's that's what you train for, that's what you work for. You know, playing those 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 fixtures, playing in that team environment with you know a, a great group of guys and uh, you know great coaches leading you. You know, it, it's what gives you motivation. You know, it gives you motivation on the difficult days to train harder, to work harder. Um, so you know, 
it is it is definitely something that that I'm very disappointed about. Um, but you know, it's I I, I you know enjoyed for many years. You know, I, even when I didn't play, even when I said no, I went and watched the fixtures. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> which is a funny, you know, it shows I can't, you know, I was kind of contradicting myself. Um, because I kind of I, I knew what I wanted, but I, I I felt I was standing up for something. Um, but uh, you know, looking back, I, I you know, I, I would I would have loved to, to play a few more uh, matches, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's unfortunate. I think you know, I guess disappointing. Uh, you know what what you're saying about the situation. It was that you had to t- make the stand that you did. That you were in that position. I guess was unfortunate in the first place, and then that you then didn't get the chances to to play when you could have. I guess. Is unfortunate for you to, to look back on, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's I get you know, it's it's you know, it's it's part of uh, it's part of the you know the ups and downs. I think of of, of a tennis career. I never dreamed for one minute that my tennis career was only going to be you know kind of three years. Um, yes. I always you know I had I had I had this belief, especially as I was transitioning into doubles. I had this belief that I was you know well you know to be, to, be, you know, to put it kind of bluntly you know I was. I was I was sure that I could break top hundred doubles. I was sure that I could do you know really well. And I was sure that I'd have you know ten years of Davis Cup to play in the future. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you make those decisions at the time, and that, you know on that basis, I wasn't really in a position to make a you know, fuss out of it. So I just quietly said no, um, and I gave them the reasons so that you know so they were aware of them. But uh, but uh, you know you know if you you know if you look back and I think you know it, it's important to to think long term and, and do what's right for you. Uh, you know, as well, to, you know, to kind of get there, and, and and I knew at the time, even when I was saying, I knew that Davis Cup was an important part of what I wanted to do with tennis. So, um, yeah, so it is, it is definitely uh, disappointing. Uh, but it's great to see the success that all the guys had, and just how strong a, a group of players we had. You know, it was, it was um, you know, at that time, it's just, uh, it was phenomenal. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just want to move on a little bit and talk. Um, about the the thesis you did. So in 2013, um, I know you, you did this thesis and you were looking at at tennis. So do you mind just going into it and tell me a bit about about what you found in this thesis and and, and what you then went on to to do with it? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, um, after my my injury, um, so uh, I I did actually try to come back for for a uh, about a year after, but I ended up breaking my 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 ankle actually oh. four times. <laughs> in a row uh so i spent a, a year mostly on crutches um and my uh my dad passed away at the time and and um in 2011 and uh obviously you know uh family became the priority uh, there with my my, my siblings and it's something that i perhaps you know neglected uh you know, folks in my career hadn't been around uh, my younger brother was only, only you know, kind of 18 19 at the time um so we you know i made the decision to to, to uh to stay close to home and obviously coach for a couple of years and and, uh, and then went to university in Loughborough uh, which is close by and gave me the opportunity to come back regularly um, you know, and, and be close to the family um, which I, I really appreciate and, and I did on the basis that I always thought I was going to follow a coaching career um, and then having that management aspect would be uh, just another notch to, to help kind of progress and, and, and understand more about how you can support players uh, in kind of a wider context um, but I found myself uh, kind of led by some of my experiences with, you know, sports administration um, in Ireland and seeing some of the great examples elsewhere, um, what was kind of taking place uh, in other countries, uh, you know, obviously within the kind of tennis development system. And um, I decided to, uh, you know, to, to kind of draw on some of those personal experiences, looking at players that I knew, you know, you know and, and who had done so well 
um, you know, were great players and had potential to be top players, but never had the the funding or the, the you know the, the support system around them to to kind of get there. Um, and I, I always felt that was quite unfair. You know, I was I was very fortunate when I was younger, and then I found, you know, when I went into in, on tour, you know, I I I, I you know I, I kind of funded myself most of the time through league and matches, and but I I always had a backup. You know, my, my family was incredibly supportive. But I needed the backup was there. Um, but it's still restricted the number of tournaments I could play um, until I kind of got that success. Um, but uh, but that wasn't you know you know I, I had friends that came from uh, positions that were you know very challenging. But they they had the potential, they had the had the, the possibility, and so many examples. Um, but they didn't have the opportunity um, to make it. They didn't have the structure, and whether it was because they were from a, you know a country like Ireland or another country, or whether it was uh, you know because that. Um, that the you know the system was just you know wouldn't allow them to spend six years trying to make it, um, you know they didn't have that uh, you know the funding uh, behind them to, you know to, to be able to last it, last it out and that was the reality at the time you know rather than you break top hundred at 26, 27 unless you're one of the elite guys, uh, average age was 26 years of age plus to break top hundred for the first time and, and you know we had a, a setup with the with the ITF whereby futures events, uh, prize winning futures events hadn't been changed uh, since 1991-92 and when, you know, when they first kind of came about you know, in the satellite tour and prize money had remained uh, throughout uh, you know, the same whereas it had gone up I think it was 8,500% on the ATP tour and, and even more um, you know, at the top end of the ATP tour um, you know, so you had a, you know, you hear these guys in Petrochevich looking to, to form a breakup tour now because he feels that there's not enough prize money getting through to the top guys um, you know, which is reality as well. You know, in a way, compared to other sports, but but they're already getting 99, you know, percent of you know, you know, of that kind of pot, and it's quite unusual, uh, you know, in in kind of the sporting sphere to have such an unequal distribution of prize money. And he had some some kind of um, you know, leading voices on tour. You know, I'm not a <laughs> controversial, but I'm not a huge you know fan of some of the you know the, the change the Federer put into place while he was uh, you know the the, the representative, uh, the player representative and leader of the. Um, you know, the uh, the ATP uh, board you know, from the player's perspective and uh, you know that, that that just resulted in in, in greater um, inequality in, in prize money and in points distribution so it made it harder for guys to break through into the top 100 uh, so I, I decided to do a little bit of work around this um, as part of my thesis um, and collect the views of uh, current and past players um, who had you know they, they basically they, they weren't allowed to have broken into the top 100 um, in the career, although a couple of guys did did um, who had broken up and did did actually complete it, um, but it was it was it was kind of on the on the basis that um, you know looking at the structure could the, could the structure be improved? What needed to take place to improve uh, the structure? Prize money prize money being, being being only one aspect of that, uh, and I got a, you know I got a really good response. You know, kind of 200 um, you know players 200 plus I think you know, that 180 were usable uh, responses um, uh, who who uh, who kind of fed into that and uh, and uh, and ended up uh, you know uh, coming up with, with a, uh, a you know findings that that made some you know really really kind of reasonable suggestions on, on how things could change and kind of highlighted the the, the, um, the inequality and disparity and and the, and the challenges that it put on players and, and and the challenges that it would put on the ATP tour and professional tennis in the long run um, and while I was obviously very you know not young, but inexperienced, in, uh, you know, at the time of doing this, you know, I think it, you know a lot of it was, you know, still quite valid. Uh, the great thing about it was that, you know, ITF then did off the back of this, you know, I had had, had some conversations with their with the research team in, in Spain and with the uh, Dave Miley, uh, who was um, obviously chair, you know, head of development at the time, um, 
you know, and, and you know, about six months after my findings were published, they actually you know looked into it um, and used my uh, so my survey guide um, and my research guide as kind of the baseline. So kind of asked those same questions back you know, back to the players, but uh, you know through their own research processes. So they they uh, they looked at that um, and they explored the same same kind of concept, same 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 concerns, uh, and then they. Um, they found, you know, some 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 areas were, were quite different. You know, the break-even point, you know, was I think it's about 130, 140 in the world. They they found it to be you know, close to 350, but that was because they excluded uh, coaching, traveling, uh, training, and, and living costs, uh, which is probably 70% of your costs. <laughs> um, but uh, it led them to actually change, obviously, the the prize money on the futures tour, and they increased that a couple of years after that. So I was delighted that it had that that long-term impact, um, and uh, you know, and hopefully. You know, they they made a number of promises that were, you know, quite linked, um, which were you know around kind of you know the regional tours and and, and, and better kind of development opportunities uh, and, and uh, distribution of the points uh, lower down. They haven't followed through. Obviously, the, the you know the way that the, the current structure is set up uh, is extremely challenging for players. Who are out there, you know, if, if you speak to any of them, I imagine they must you know they, they must be finding it you know, almost demotivating uh, in a way. Um, so there's, I think there's a huge amount of work to do to do in that area, and you know there's so many good examples of how you know how things can you know, structures can work on a national and international scale, um, but uh, you know the ITF are, are 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 quite set in the way at the moment, and they're you know they're you know there's, there's been um, you know there's been uh, some, I think I think it's slow progress. I think you know increasing prize money by by five ten thousand dollars a tournament is not going to suddenly improve. Uh, you know the the, the the lives of players out there. You know, it's not about improving lives as well. You know, or, or making money for these guys who are trying to trying to break you know break into the top 200. It's about breaking even and giving themselves a chance, you know, a fair chance of actually actually getting into the you know into the top 200 and, and, and upwards. Because uh, you know, on the current setup, um, it's, it's you know, it is heavily skewed um, you know, towards players who who, who are uh, able to, to to fund themselves or, or have funding. Um, and it, it forces players lower down. And I, I know McGee's talked about it as well, and all the players have in the past in Ireland. Um, you know, and it's something I did as well, which is you're, you know you have to play you know French league, German league, Italian league, Swiss league. You know, you have to you know to make enough money to travel to tournaments. You know, restricts the number of tournaments you can play. It restricts, it restricts your ability to travel with a coach. It restricts your ability to to uh, you know to, to stay in the right circumstances, eat the right foods, be healthy. Uh, you know, stay on top of your your your, your, your training and. Um, habits you know in the right way and i i think uh you know when, when you have you know they're, they're the little things that make the difference in the long run uh, it's not to say that people can't break through uh, facing adversity you know they you know, they can they do and they, they continue you know, will continue to but um i think there it's not that the resource isn't there the opportunity isn't there to to, to shift that structure and change it uh to, to provide a fairer and and and, uh, and better um kind of uh journey you know uh kind of development journey I guess is the best way to describe it through you know through the, through the rankings. Um, so you know something I'd like to see uh, continue to change in the long run. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting to ask, and obviously that you got to work so you know directly with with players and you know produce this obviously this this thesis and and go present to the ITF and and kind of they they then went on the back of that to, to make changes. But and obviously as you said, those changes haven't necessarily. Put into place, but well, what do you think is the, the biggest one or two things that should be done at this stage to, to keep improving that for, for, for those players in that kind of position? 
But I think, um, so I, obviously, the, you know, the, the, the made change surprised me, which is great. Um, I think I do agree with restricting the, the number of players ranked. I don't think, uh, you know, I think it, it dilutes professionalism it's, it's, you know, when you have so many players ranked. Um, and, you know, what, what we want to do is have, you know, you want to have 750, 800 players ranked and, you know, and they're able to support themselves um, as they play on tour through, through prize, prize money and other opportunities. Um, so diluting, you know, bringing that number down, I think is, is great. I think in order to do that successfully, though, they need to set up, you know, those national structures and, and support national federations to set up those national structures that allow the transition to take place without much cost to the player. So they initially talked about um, uh, ranking points, so international ranking points through national events and the ability to collect them, you know, and, and, and regional based uh, kind of development tours. So with the ITF ranking points. Uh, and that seemed to me like a great idea because I would allow guys who are in college centers, would allow guys who are, who are in, uh, you know, who are, are quality national players, but aren't, you know, aren't, aren't maybe capable of taking a first step out and, and traveling out and, and, and competing, would allow them to be part of that, um, you know, of, of that tour. And it could, you know, could show you uh, as a player um, whether or not you, you could, if you, you know, spent a couple of years playing that, you know, there's, you know, that, that national tour, the regional tour within, you know, let's say it's Ireland, the UK, you know, you're, um, you you know you could uh, you, you you could figure out pretty quickly whether or not you can make without much cost. Um, so I think you know if they focused on that side of it, I think that would that would be hugely beneficial. Uh, you know for players, I I think a lot of players you know may not like that <laughs> to be honest because mm. like the idea of travelling. Uh, but I think you know that that would be an option if you can collect enough points to be able to enter, you know international futures events, uh, you know through through a regional structure, uh, a regional tour. Um, you'd find, you, I think you'd find, you know, that the best players would rise through that uh, quickly and effectively, and, and you wouldn't, um, you know, you, you, you would, uh, you know, at a, at a much lower cost. So I think that that would be a, a great uh, change. I also think that they need to just widen, widen the, um, to widen the reach of the ATP Challenger Tour. They need to increase the, the uh, obviously the prize money on that tour and and the reach of the terms, the number of tournaments that are taking place. If they want those, you know, if they want to have, as they said, 350, 400, 500 guys. Making a living out of it, that challenger tour needs to be needs to be effectively marketed. It needs to be, uh, you know, similar to, to golf's, uh, you know, second tours or, or regional tours, uh, you know, whereby they, they you know they, they are, you know, uh, events in themselves, and they are they are followed, uh, you know, by, by huge fan bases and they have sponsors behind them, um, and they have the support of the of, of, of the wider tour. Um, so I think. You know, while it's great to say, yeah, you can increase prize when the first round of Grand Slam and quali you know, qualifying Grand Slam, it is great. You know, it's, it's a first step. Um, it still, it still only reaches the, the same number of players um, that are, you know, that are that are um, competing in those events. Uh, so I think, in order to support you know, younger players, uh, you know, as they transition, you know, on a, on a very difficult journey, uh, you know, a kind of a, a regional uh, tiered um, structure, moving into uh, uh, you know a, a wider uh, challenger. A tour will be, you know, be, you know, potentially quite effective. Obviously, it's not easy to implement, and, and <laughs> talking about it in this manner is, is a lot easier than, than implementing it practically. But I believe the, the resource is there, uh, but the appetite isn't. Um, it needs to support the top players. It needs to support, uh, obviously, the ATP Tour, WTA Tour, um, and, 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 and first and foremost, ITF. Um, so, uh, you know, and obviously national federations. So it, it's, you know, I think it's, a, it's a challenge, but I, I think it's something that could be could be done if, if they would uh, widen their, their thought process um, and be, be more willing to engage players 
uh, engaged player. I know they've got a, a player representative uh, panel now. ITF has brought that in previous, you know, as I found in my research, that's been a name only. Um, and there's only just a f of uh, former players who are top 10 in the world. Uh, so not going to really be in a position to represent guys who are 500 in the world. Um, so uh, they've got that in place now. And, uh, you know, in essence, it's almost like the, you know, the ITF tour is, is, is unionizing. Uh, but uh, I think it's, it, you know, it's less so about that and it's more about um, to make sure that there's, you know, good communication between uh, players and, and the administration uh, in order to, uh, you know, to implement changes in a practical manner that is, is realistic. Um, so it's, it's not about, you know, things aren't going to change overnight, um, but it's making sure that conversation is allowed, you know, to take place, um, I think is, is the first step. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's really interesting, all the points you make here. I think you're, you're absolutely right that, you know, the changes need to be made and, and kind of what they are. And, you know, it's not easy, but I think they are the things that need to be done. And, and hopefully those are things we can we can see um, over the coming, I guess, years, um, month, years. And now I'm, I'm conscious of your time, Tristan, but if it's okay, a couple more questions to, to go to, to ask. Um, now, I just want to ask um, what, what, what it is you're, you're doing now um, and, and how do you think that your kind of the background you have in, in tennis and in the various areas of tennis, how, how do you think that that's kind of it helped or influenced kind of your, your role now today? Yeah, uh, I think that's a, that's, that's a really good question. I think... Um, so at the moment I'm I'm, I'm working. So I'm, I I manage uh, kind of an insight and research consultancy uh, arm as part of uh, London Sport, uh, who are one of the active partnerships uh, over in the UK. So working under Sport England to kind of uh, support them in implementing um, their policies and and and, uh, and, and uh, strategic priorities. Um, obviously focusing specifically on London. Um, so it's something you know. It's it's, it's a role that I, I I love at the moment. I really enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, having that the, you know that that opportunity to um to kind of uh, you know you know see uh, see the impact of my work directly on on grassroots sport um, and see how 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 uh, you know the projects that I, I get to work on uh, you know can can really kind of um, provide uh, you know uh, people with with opportunities to take part in, in sport um, you know across the capital uh, over here sorry. <laughs> Um, so uh, it's you know it's, it's something that I can see a kind of direct uh, impact uh, from. So I really enjoy that. Um, I'm also looking to to kind of uh, take that next step. Um, and uh, I'm uh, at the moment I'm I'm, I'm um, embarking so so uh, hoping to start an MBA uh, shortly. Um, but uh, I think the uh, kind of the key thing about uh, about tennis uh, and my experience, um, you know, obviously uh, you know professionally and, and, and growing up, you know, even as a junior, um, I think the key thing is that you know I think. Tennis gives you that, that extra edge when it comes to uh, kind of uh, discipline and uh, motivation and the ability to, to kind of deal with adversity. I think uh, you know I've, I've always found that um, you know ex-athletes of any kind who've, who've had that opportunity to you know to to be in, in you know in those kind of professional you know training and, and competitive environments you know when they translate that to you know a, an office environment uh, you know they are you know they are very very driven um, you know. They're, so they're able to able to take their experiences and uh, you know into into that office environment and and and, the, and the, you know they, they take that discipline with them, uh, that drive, that ambition. Uh, you know they're they're the very good you know team players and, and, and are, are capable of of, uh, of 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 kind of you know constantly challenging themselves and the organisation to you know continue to improve uh, in whatever field they're they're involved in. Uh, so it's it's something that you know a lot of employers you know, look for uh, ex athletes um, and uh, you know 
know, something I feel personally, but I see often as well with, with, with other colleagues uh, as well, um, you know, in terms of how they kind of approach uh, situations. It's always very, very positive. Uh, always looking for kind of a, a growth mindset uh, perspective, looking to learn and develop and, and improve constantly. So I think there's a lot to be to be gained. Um, you know, even if you're you know, involved in, in in national competitive tennis, um, you know, in Ireland or you know or elsewhere, there's a lot to be gained from tennis that that uh, kind of you know, put, you know is really beneficial for you know you know for your career and and your personal life uh, going forward. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So would you ever consider then uh, going back into tennis in some capacity, in, in a coaching capacity, maybe? Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to go back into tennis. Uh, it won't be it won't be coaching. I'd be very surprised if it was coaching. Um, I, I absolutely nothing is. I absolutely love coaching, and I, you know, I obviously had a really good experience with that. And I always thought that's that's what I was going to do uh, with with my life. I just think that uh, you know, perhaps I have, you know, I hope I hope that I, I you know have a bit more to offer um, in terms of uh, you know taking some of my practical experiences uh, in tennis um, and, 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 um, and, you know, and using them to kind of shape and, and positively influence kind of structural uh, and administrative uh, change. So whether that is around kind of competitive structures, you know, surface setups, um, you know, sorry, performance setups, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of national, uh, you know, structure development pathways and, and, and educational um, kind of uh, uh, systems i think it's you know it's it's less so about um you know i think perhaps you know i've less to offer now uh, in, in in on court experience and more to offer in 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 providing uh you know the experts in, in those areas uh, with opportunities to you know to, to, to fulfill the roles and give give people more opportunities and obviously more participation opportunities you know within the within the sport but also um more performance pathway uh, opportunities and and, uh, and development opportunities. So I, I, you know, I'd hope that I can I can be in a position in the future to uh, to, to positively influence change in that area. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, no, and um, no, I wish you the best with with whatever route you choose to go down. I think you have you know an awful lot to offer to whichever um, kind of route you decide to take. So just uh, all the best with with whichever it is, and I know you'll you'll do some great things. But um, yeah, a final question for you, Tristan. What's your favourite thing about tennis? It's uh, it has to be it has to be the battle. Um, I think tennis is one of those sports. You know, you, you know, you're often very much on your own, uh, especially obviously in, in singles and in doubles. You know, you you know, you're obviously a, a close unit, but um, you know, you're responsible for you know for for kind of you know you know what you do and. Um, I think that that feeling of being in, in you know locked in a, in, in a battle uh, for, you know for the length of time that you're on court I think um, you know I, I think that's kind of always been my driver and, and motivator you know I, I love the competitive aspect of it um, I just love that feeling you know that you know that you know the nerve you know bit of, you know nervousness beforehand and and uh, and then just giving giving it all just being on court and giving it all and you know trying to figure out a way to break down you know uh, you know someone or you know, a, a team. Um, you know, as you kind of progress through a match, and obviously there's you know there's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you know, within, within those periods, and just trying you know trying trying to stay calm through them and, and find a way through it. But uh, at the end of the day, it just comes down to you know coming off court and, and just feeling feeling good about uh, you know about about what you've done, and uh, you know and you know the, the, you know your your effort and your your attitude and and uh, and just basically how how hard you fought and how, you know how hard you tried. So. You know, there's nothing better than, than coming off 
God for playing a match against someone or uh, you know where they've kind of got the same feeling and you just you know win or lose you, you just felt like you're just being in, in an epic battle so um I think for me it's, it's definitely it's definitely that competitive side um, yeah 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 um, and now Tristan I think we'll we'll leave it there um, really appreciate yeah. the time I'll obviously get back to your, to your day but um, just a big thanks for for, for taking the time to, to talk and um, I think you have you know inspirational kind of story you've been through a lot but uh, I think you've you've done you've done some great stuff and I, I know there's there's a lot more a lot more ahead of you so big thanks and and, and all the best yeah thanks Adam really appreciate it thank, thank you for your time and enjoy it as well thanks very much Tristan Big thank you once again to Tristan Farron-Mahan for his time and for sharing his really great insights and experiences in tennis. It's much appreciated by myself and I'm sure by, by you as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast and I'd encourage you, if you got this far, to subscribe to the show, to leave a review, to share this with this show with anybody you think might be interested. A big thank you in advance for that and until next week, I've been Adam. Goodbye.